Christ Community Church is called by the God of all grace. For the transforming of life in Middle Tennessee. Spiritually, socially, and culturally. Through the power of the gospel. From Franklin to the nations of the world. All for the glory of God. For more information, visit ChristCommunity.org. Good evening. Many thanks to Andrew Peterson and his band for joining us tonight. Tonight is Good Friday. It's the night that we remember Jesus' crucifixion, an innocent man suffering at the hands of his own people. And this is hard work for us, this work of remembering, because we can't escape its sadness. But it's work we must do. It's good work because it's in Jesus' own words where we find glimmers of hope pointing us to what's true. Our readings tonight throughout the service covered the seven sayings Jesus pronounced as he neared his own death. And I want to take a little time with you looking at this last passage that we just heard where Jesus says in Luke 23, he says, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And in order to understand the gravity of this moment, we have to appreciate first just how isolated Jesus had become. It all started when he was betrayed by the hand of one of his friends. And in that moment, you can read about it in Mark 14, in that moment it says his disciples, his best friends, scattered in fear because they were afraid for their lives. And his isolation continued as he stood before his accusers alone and offered no defense for himself. And it was that night another one of his friends, Peter, denied even knowing him. He endured on that tortured path to his own death the scorn and mocking of an angry crowd. And so one of the things that stand out to me the most whenever I look back at this story and study his journey is the loneliness, just the awful loneliness that he suffered along the way. And this is why many of the things that he said bear such hope for us, because with many of his words come the claim of a future reunion. Just look back through this with me. He cried out for the forgiveness of his persecutors, extending relationship to them even in his death. He told a thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. And he called out to his mother and he companioned her with his disciple, ensuring that she would be provided for after his death. And he's willing to do this precisely because he's looking to restore God's relationship with sinful man. This was Jesus's mission the whole time. And it is accomplished by the grace his perfect sacrifice wins for us all who trust in him. And so even as he suffered the depths of relational harm, it's astounding to consider that every step of the way, Jesus was working to redeem the fragmented relationships around him. And then we have this passage here. He says, Father, into thy hands, I commit my spirit. And what's going on here? 
the first thing I want to say is that it's an example to us of what godly surrender looks like. This is the surrender of a righteous man. Jesus is quoting Psalm 31, which is a psalm of lament. And it's this particular psalm would have been prayed by a faithful person uh, seeking help from God to endure difficult circumstances. And in this particular verse, Jesus is quoting a writer who is claiming that no matter what happens, that no matter what life holds out in front of him, he trusts his faithful father to deliver him. This is the prayer of a righteous man. The centurion said as much. This is the prayer of an innocent man who surrenders himself to the will of the father who he trusts. Father, into thy hands, because I know that you are sovereign, even when it feels like I'm surrounded by chaos. Father, into thy hands, because I know that you are good, even when it feels like I'm surrounded by evil. Father, into thy hands, because I know that you are generous to me, even when the things that I hold dear are being stripped away. This is a durable commitment to remember what he knows is true of God, despite all that he sees and hears and feels. So Jesus is modeling for us what godly surrender looks like in the face of tremendously adversarial circumstances, but that is not all. This is also an example to us of what hopeful anticipation looks like. Because this passage, among all of these passages, these things that Jesus said unto his own death, is called the reunion passage. Because it's in his own death that a reunion is about to happen. Jesus was being quite literal with the thief when he said today you will be with me in paradise. You see, paradise for Jesus, for you and for me, for those with faith, as the Bible explains it, human flourishing is peace with God and the gathering of God's people, enjoying peace with each other and flourishing in relationship with God. This is the joy that's set before him is the heavenly vision of Jesus restoring his relationship with his people and a full restoration of the close fellowship with God the Father uh, with the one that he loves. And so if you're wondering what hopeful anticipation looks like, despite difficult circumstances, you can see it right here in this passage. And look, we need to, we need to see this. This captivating vision is, of reunion is right in front of us and because his hope can be your hope. Because right now, we're waking up every day faced with this question, all of us are. When in the world can we be together again? And I got to encourage you that a reunion has always been on God's mind. It's a promise of God's that runs throughout the Bible. The prophet Isaiah, you can look in chapter 43, he spoke to God's people who were scattered in exile and promised a time 
when God would gather his people again. And we know the disciples scattered because they were afraid that night in the garden, but it didn't take long before the like instinct took over and they were gathering themselves together again. And I don't think it's a mistake that at the beginning of Pentecost, Acts chapter two, you find them, it starts this way. It says when Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And even now our hope is that we are waiting for Jesus to return to be with us. And the Bible ends with the beatific promise in Revelation 21. It says this, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. The promise of God has always been that there will come a day when we realize that the rest that Jesus entered into on that day after all of his suffering... And there's going to come a time when we're able to venture out of our homes without fear. And we're going to leave our neighborhoods again. And we're going to enjoy gathering together. And that day is going to be a party. We're going to celebrate that day. That's going to be a good day. But that day will be a foretaste of the day that is to come. The grand reunion that God promises when Jesus comes back. Jesus isn't just showing us what godly surrender, what strength of faith looks like. He's holding out in front of us, inviting us, you and me, to anticipate even now the eternal reunion that is to come. So let's pray together with honest hope as we wait. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will you hold us while we wait for this blessed day? I ask these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.